hey, what is going on? Happy Sunday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every single Reds game. We are presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Well, coming up on today's show, myself and Shane Neal discuss Saturday's Reds game. We will have a recap of all the Reds minor league action on Saturday night, which included three Reds pitchers who made rehab appearances for AAA Louisville and also a preview of Sunday's Reds game. But first, here's what happened at Great American Ballpark on Saturday. It was a great crowd, ninth sellout of the season for the Reds, but unfortunately, they witnessed Andrew Abbott having a rare rough day. Abbott struggled all afternoon with his command, and he left with the Reds trailing 6-0 in the 6th. Abbott was not helped out at all by his defense either. TJ Friedel made an error overrunning a ball, and catcher Luke Maley made a poor throw uh, with a runner stealing third base that sailed into uh, left field. Both of those errors resulted in runs. The Reds' offense, they did not get a base runner until two outs in the sixth inning when Luke Maley singled off spot starter Johan Adon, who was absolutely brilliant, dominated the Reds through the first five innings. After Maley's hit, though, the Reds' offense did get going a little bit. Ellie De La Cruz got an infield single that bounced off the glove of Adon, and then TJ Friedel hit a three-run home run 406 feet, and that cut the Nationals' lead to 6-3. to Derek Law came in for Abbott. He got seven outs without allowing a run. Really saved some arms uh, with the Reds having a semi-bullpen game coming up on Sunday. Daniel Duarte did give up a run in the ninth, but it really didn't matter as the Reds' offense could not get anything else going. Reds lose 7-3, and the Reds have now lost five straight games to fall to 59-54 on the season. Here's what Reds manager David Bell had to say about Saturday's loss. You guys are obviously on a, it's been a tough week, the losing streak. What's been your experience of not only losing games, but along the way, plays that aren't made, or you can call it sloppy or whatever. What's been your experience as to why things snowball like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would start by saying there's there's zero concern with this team. You know, we have to continue to work, continue to, to play hard. And it turns around. We've we've all been through it, gone through it. There's no shortcuts. There's no secret. You just continue to, to work hard, play hard, and, and do it together. And our, our team is continuing to do that. The results haven't been there the last five days. And, um, and, and it, it tests you for sure, but you just keep doing it. Every single day you come back and do it over again. And with who we have as a team, who we have on this team, that's why there's there's not any concern. Your uh, talks with Andrew Abbott or even DJ, can you guys pinpoint of, you know, he struggled like we haven't really seen him struggle, particularly with the walks today, of why he was so off today? Andrew Abbott's doing great since he's been here. He's had a, a, you know, a fantastic start to his career here at the big league level. He's going to go through these things, and he's going to make adjustments. He's he's already shown that in-game. Today he was... He was walking guys early, um, really feeling for it, and then he um, went on to give us everything he had the rest of the day. He will learn from that. He will um, gain from that, and you know, unfortunately, you have to go through days like that to get better. And uh, you know, he's had so much success 
that uh, you know you expect that every single time out, and that, that's just not how it works. So he'll bounce back uh, from this. What did you see from a dome that he was so successful? Uh, for six yeah, innings? I mean, he, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and look at the you know watch the video and all that. So I probably you know need some time on that. But I mean, from from what I could tell, he was attacking the zone, throwing strikes, and. Uh, you know, had us on the, the defensive a little bit. Um, I don't think we had a walk till yeah, real late in the game there. Um, and, um, you know, that's that's been a big part of our game, being able to, to go deep into counts, get on base any way we can. And he made it tough for us today. Here's what Andrew Abbott had to say about a tough outing on Saturday. You were uh, missing a lot of spots, particularly early on. Can you pinpoint what was the release point mechanics, anything that you could look back on? Um. A little bit of a little bit of both. Um, yeah, it's just one of those days in baseball where you don't have it. Um, for myself, like just realizing that I wasn't really hitting spots, wasn't getting ahead of guys, it kind of switched modes from going to dominate to going out and try to just compete as long as I can go for the team to just try to give the bullpen a little break. It's, it's probably a natural place to go looking at your history. You're now past your career high in innings as we get later into the season. Maybe I know the answer to this. Where are you at with that? And, 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 and does, does that play into any of this? I, I don't really think of it. You know, I feel good. You know, I've been recovering very well, and I'm going to throw until they say something to me. Um, I haven't had a conversation, so I really don't think about it. What's the moves that, or were there differences to kind of a tough start against the Cubs last week? Um, both teams put some good swings on me on mistakes, for sure. Um, today, I had a lot more walks. Um, which makes me mad, but um, you know, it's just it's just like one of those games where you just don't have it. So it's more important to not focus on the bad, but just try to go out and then just really compete. And me and DJ were talking in the middle of the game. It's like, hey, you just got to keep going, give us all you got, and that was mainly the main mission after the fourth inning or so. And here is TJ Friedel, the biggest offensive contributor on Saturday about how the Reds have not lost faith despite their recent struggles. Tough week for you guys. Where, where are you guys at mentally right now? I mean, we're the same place we've been all year. You know, it's, it's baseball. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs, highs, lows. You know, it's going to be fun times when we're on a 12-game winning streak. There's going to be times where you got to dig deep. You know, just like when we came back in the second half, tough start to the second half. But no, one's, no one loses faith in this team. Like, we know what we have in this clubhouse. We know what we're capable of. I mean... We're still right in the thick of things. Like, nothing's changed. Our mindset hasn't changed. Our goal each day hasn't changed. And so we're just going to keep continue to do what we do. Um, you know, guys are putting together good at-bats. Um, you know, the, the Nats have been playing well recently. So, um, you know, I think, I think we're just got to keep going day to day, putting together good at-bats, you know, um, just continue to grind each and every day. There's highs and lows in baseball. Um, but as long as, you know, we stay level-headed and stick to our plan as a team, we'll be fine. It's just really been a streaky season for the Reds. The Reds have win streaks a season of 5, 5, 12, 5, and 5, and have losing streaks of 5, 4, 4, 6, and 5. Be fascinating to see what comes next for our Reds. Unfortunately for the Reds, Pirates all-star closer David Bedard blew a save to the Brewers. And the Brewers ended up winning in extra innings 3-2 to two over the Pirates. That means the Reds are now a game and a half back in the NL Central 
which of course means they're basically two full games back as the Reds lose the tiebreaker to the Brewers. The Reds do, on a positive note, still somehow, some way, hold a wild card spot as the Marlins lost on Saturday. So the Reds still have a half game lead on the Marlins for the third and final wild card spot, but it's getting very crowded. The Cubs are just a game back of the Reds, and the Diamondbacks are just a game and a half back of the Reds. All right, well, here's myself and Shay Neal discussing the game on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. Uh, let's start with Andrew Abbott. Shay, uh, tough one for him, just really struggled all day with his command. Only threw a first pitch strike to 17 of the 31 batters that he faced. Uh, where are we at on the uh, zero to panic skill for uh, Andrew Rabbit? Um, I'd put it at like a four. Um, I'm still not panicking on Andrew Abbott in the slightest. I mean, Nick, he started his career, what was it, five and one with a 1.6 or something like that. I mean, he was historically good. There was inevitably going to be some sort of regression back to the mean. Um, and I don't think we've seen an Andrew Abbott start yet, maybe one, where he's just been completely uncompetitive. I think he's still gone out even when he doesn't have his premier stuff, even when he's not on his game. I think he still goes out and competes for the Cincinnati Reds. And really for a 23-year-old rookie uh, that's kind of learning on the fly and has really had to carry this rotation, which is something we talked about uh, before the show started, uh, there's going to be some highs and lows. And right now we're just seeing one of the lows of Andrew Abbott, but I'm not really panicking. He just turned 24 years old uh, in June. Uh, he's going to be just fine. He's way too talented to not figure it out. Yeah, there's no question we put way too high of expectations on a rookie pitcher just getting his feet wet in the big leagues. I mean, he's been incredible all year. Um, you could make a case he's been the Reds' most valuable player. I think you could definitely make the case he's been the Reds' most irreplaceable player this year. But yeah, I mean, look, he's he's had a couple rough starts. Um Remember, he did give up six runs to the Brewers, and then he bounced back with three really great starts, including two of them where he didn't allow a run in either start. So I'm interested to see how Abbott can bounce back, how he can work through this. Today, it just it was the command, and I guess that's a good thing. You know, it wasn't necessarily where, you know, he did give up nine hits, but I think it all came back to the command because he wasn't throwing first pitch strikes and naturally right. sit on it. It's a pretty quick fix you would think um where he, he just you know uh, the command's got to be better some of that's just wasn't his day but we'll see what he can do out his next start one thing that, that i think is worth mentioning um and i don't want to i don't want to play the blame game on this but i think it's worth at least a conversation uh so so andrew abbott uh back on july 20th threw 106 pitches to the giants uh when he went out and threw eight innings uh, and then in his next start, threw 113 pitches uh, in a game against the Brewers. And then obviously in the last two starts have been rough since then. I, I think maybe the Reds have asked a little bit too much of Andrew Abbott as a rookie. Um, I, I get eventually you want any of your starters to be able to throw 113 pitches. But for a guy in his first big league season in July, I, I think maybe they, they they did try to ask a little bit too much. I don't know. What do you think about that? They definitely asked too much of them, I think. <laughs> I mean, and I think really for, you know, 95% of the time he's he's uh, he's answered the call. But, I mean, it's not as good as Andrew Abbott's been this year. And as much as, you know, people are uh, 
upset with his last couple outings. It's a really tough position to put a 23-year-old rookie to come up and say, hey, um, well, when he first came up, Hunter wasn't hurt. But over the course of his first 10 starts in the majors, Nick, it's been our young, talented lefty has a fracture in his leg. Our young, talented righty is pitching awful right now and can't figure it out. And then, so it's you and Hunter, and then Hunter gets hurt. And it's like, okay, now we know you're a rookie that's made 10 career starts, but now every time you get the ball, we need you to win. And we need you to beat playoff teams. And we need you to go out there and be the ace of a potential playoff team. And that's that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. I know he Andrew Abbott would be the first to tell you that he lives for that kind of pressure and he wants that kind of pressure put on him. But Nick, that's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie. And uh, something else, just to kind of piggyback on your point, you mentioned uh, we're going to get a little bit into uh, how many pitches he's thrown in some of his games this year. Uh, but something else that's worth noting, this is going to be by far the most innings he's ever thrown in a year of his uh, of his baseball career. He was a reliever at Virginia until his junior year of college. And even then he kind of split time between the rotation and the bullpen. So this is a guy that really hasn't been a full-time starter over the course of a year until this year. And uh, so, I mean, I don't think that, you know, I don't think you can solely blame uh, the his last couple outings on one particular thing. I think it's a little bit of a couple things adding up, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on. He's never thrown this many innings and been this consistently throwing six, seven innings uh, than he has been this year. I was surprised when, when Nick Crawl said they had no plans whatsoever to shut him down. Could have also just been completely hogwash. You know, you could, it's easy to say, well, we have no plans. And then, and you know, too much say, well, we, we've solved the fatigue and we, you know, now, ha- now have evaluated it differently. So it could be that, but I was definitely surprised when I, uh, when I read that, I guess we'll just have to kind of see, um, you know, how he, how he does his next couple starts. But, I mean, it's been an incredible season, tough stretch. Again, if, if anyone would have told me that that Andrew Abbott the, this far into the season would have as much success as he has, I couldn't have possibly asked for more, right? And I just – and I mean, I'm, I'm not directing this at any one particular person or one particular, uh, you know, fan or anything, but if you're if you're criticizing a rookie over 6-3 and three with a 2-9-3 earned run average in 12 big league games – your expectations are higher than mine because that's pretty damn good for a rookie. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Reds' offense. Um, we'll save the one bright spot, TJ Friedel. I guess maybe you could say Luke Maley as well uh, for a minute. Let's talk about it overall. Let's talk about the the effort today. So, Johan Adon, obviously, I mean, when you see a guy that with the uh, the numbers that he's had in the majors and he hasn't made a start all year and he was very average at best in the minors. And then you come up and you struggle against him. Obviously it's what is going on. I, I, I think I, I, maybe I jinxed it. Cause I think I said in the last, the last time the Reds faced a really mediocre pitcher or a pitcher with, you know, low expectations. I said, yeah, the Reds have really done a good job all year against these type of pitchers. And well, uh, that, that wasn't the case today. Adon, I mean, I, you do have to give him some credit. I know we hate to give the the opponents credit, but um, this was a guy that looked his last start of the minors. He threw thirty balls. He only threw, I think, eighty four pitches, and only fifty four were strikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, through the first five innings, because I had checked it at this point in the game, he had only thrown ten balls, and the Reds had only th- uh, only swung at three pitches that were outside of the strike zone. So. His credit, you know, the scouting report says be patient against him, and he didn't walk a single batter today. 
Um, he, he threw strikes and, uh, you know, pitched a, a great ball game, obviously took a perfect game into the, the sixth inning before, um, TJ Friedel had that moment, but, uh, overall your thoughts on the, the offense today, before we kind of get into over the more overall thoughts about the offense and where the team is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think everyone in this chat right now and everyone on this, in this, uh, in the stream right now knows that it wasn't good enough. I think, uh, it boils down to two different things. One, like you said, I mean, you got a little bit, you got to give a little bit of a credit to a Don. I mean, he was sharp. He came up, he made the most of his opportunity. And this is a guy that came out and pitched well enough to win a game. Uh, he was executing his pitches. He was not missing with a ton of pitches. And I know that's not what people want to hear right now, but that, that is the case for a good portion of this game. He was very good. Uh, and then the other side of it is what, you know, needs to be said. And it's that ever since that game one in Wrigley and really, started in that game one in Wrigley, Nick. They put up six runs in three innings. But ever since that stretch, it just has not been good enough. They, I don't know if they're trying for the, you know, the big home run to win the game every time they step into the box. But over the last five and a half uh, days, since, since Marcus Stroman left that game one in Wrigley, the offense has been very pedestrian and very beatable, which is something that they really haven't been in any stretch this year. And there's a couple of things at play here. Number one, I think these guys are tired. I mean, it, it, it looks that way. Obviously, when you're losing five in a row, it's a lot easier to have body language that looks like you're tired than if you win five in a row. But I do think they're tired. Reds have only had one off day since the All-Star break, and that includes a uh, they had to play a suspended game, too, after a rain delay, so almost like a semi-doubleheader um, earlier uh, on, on a – july 18th so i do think they're tired this is a lot of players that have never played a full 162 game season um and they're they're in the dog days of august as cliche as that is but th that's where they are right now yeah. um so the reds have an off day on thursday i think it's going to be incredibly well needed and then they're off the next monday and thursday two days off um while they're at home they don't even have to travel uh for that so i think that is uh um really needed for this team. And then I think there's there's two other things at play here. Number one, baseball's a, a weird sport where random things happen. Uh, the Reds take two of three from the Dodgers, then they lose the series to the Nationals. That kind of stuff happens in baseball all the time. And then on top of that, you have a team that is so young, that has so many rookies. I mean, Joey Votto is the only tenured player in this entire lineup. Mm -hmm. Uh and it, the two factors together, I mean, it's just a recipe for a team that's going to be inconsistent. They won 12 in a row. They've had a bunch of losing streaks like this. I, I just think you, it's the absolute recipe for this type of baseball. Um, and then one other point before I, I hand it back to you and, and shut up, Shay, is uh, Jake Fraley is a huge, huge, huge loss for this yeah. team against right-handed pitching. He's the best hitter, the best proven hitter at this stage against right-handed pitching and the Reds have really got to find a way to overcome that because he is a huge loss and uh I, I really hope he's not out long because that is uh that's tough man that that's a, that's almost as tough as any any injury all year to overcome yeah uh that Fraley loss is huge like you said uh just to kind of get my point started I saw a comment from a Nate Johnson I wouldn't uh, I'd appreciate if you could highlight it, Nick, about the uh, average baseball team thing, because I kind of had a point on this regardless, and I think this kind of works out well with it. Now, I think there's certainly an argument that with the ups and downs of being a young team, 
that this could this could be described as an average to slightly above average baseball team right now. But I think something else that's worth noting, uh, and something that I think has been touched on a couple times on this show, uh, is you know this team is built and kind of going through the exact same up and down stretch that the 2022 Baltimore Orioles did. The Baltimore Orioles got off to a blistering start last year. Of course, they called up uh, a lot of their top young guys. Adley Rutschman made his debut, really struggled at the start of his rookie season. Uh, but the Baltimore Orioles were scorching hot to start 2022. And we got to August, and they kind of fell off a little bit, and they missed the playoffs by a couple games. They finished, I think, five or six games over 500. And I'm not saying that the Orioles and the Reds are the exact same team in the exact situa- same situation, Nick. But I look at that Orioles team from last year, about the same kind of timeline as the Reds. A lot of young pieces getting their first taste of big league baseball and just kind of ran out of gas. And let me tell you something. If you haven't been scoreboard watching, the 2023 Baltimore Orioles are really damn good and have a good chance to win this whole thing. So I think it's a decent point that the 2023 Cincinnati Reds are probably not quite the juggernaut that we thought they could be at some point. But that doesn't mean that the 2024 Cincinnati Reds won't be much better. And the 2025 Cincinnati Reds will be much better. This is a bunch of 23-year-olds that are taking on competitive playoff chase baseball for the first time together. There were It was inevitable that there were going to be moments of struggle. And the one thing the Reds got going for them that the 2022 Baltimore Orioles uh, didn't have going for them is the Reds playing the NL Central. <laughs> and uh, uh, they're not trying to chase down... Uh, a whole division of, of really, really good teams. So um, again, we'll see how it plays out. Said a couple weeks ago, I thought it was a 50, 50 shot at best. The Reds make the playoffs this year. So again, my expectations are kind of where they've been. We're scoreboard watching right now. Texas Rangers just won. So guess what? Reds still hold a playoff spot. That's where we're at. Reds still hold a playoff spot. Can you? I don't, I don't honestly believe it. I kind of had to triple check that today, but <laughs> I was like, yeah, if, yep, if the Rangers win, they still hold a playoff spot. So, all right, let's talk about something a little more positive because uh, I'm tired of being negative. Uh, it's not really in my DNA if you've watched the show all year. Uh, TJ Friedel, mm-hmm. big, big home run for him. Uh, I believe he had two hard hit balls in his last start on Friday whenever Thursday, the days run this week, uh, really looks like he's starting to, to find it again after his first poor month, his month of July, first poor month, um, out of his last five, uh, big home run. He absolutely crushed that ball too. That wasn't a, a GABV special. That was a home run in all 30 parks. Uh, TJ Friedel reds need reds need him, right? Yes. Yes, they do. 100%. Uh, now, it was a good swing by TJ. I saw somebody say it kind of made me laugh. Uh, I, I wasn't aware TJ Friedel could hit a ball that hard. Uh, but uh, no, it was a great swing. Uh, it was a nice little two out rally. And, you know, it thought you thought for a minute it might wake the guys up a little bit. But uh, a guy with a guy you mentioned, Jake Fraley, being out for what sounds like it'll be at least a couple weeks um, uh, with that stress fracture in his toe. Uh, a guy like TJ Friedel uh, becomes even more important because he's now one of their best defensive outfielders. He's also one of their best left-handed hitters. So a uh, big swing for him today. And uh, hopefully he gets on a little bit of a hot streak here to help uh, minimize that loss of Jake Fraley. All right, let's recap all of the Reds minor league action on Saturday. First up, AAA Louisville. They won 5-1 over Omaha. Bats are now 58-47 and on the season. They remain tied for the International League 
West Division second half race. Hunter Green made his first rehab assignment with the Bats. Two and two-thirds innings, one hit, one run, one walk, one strikeout. Green's fastball averaged 95.5 miles per hour, but from watching the game, it really did not appear like he was really going all out, but he did look comfortable on the mound. Fastball topped out at 96.7. Green did allow five hard-hit balls, according to StatCast, but overall, he looked healthy, which of course is the most important thing. Vladimir Gutierrez, he made his uh, debut for the AAA Louisville Bats as well on his rehab assignment. Vlad uh, pitched two scoreless innings, no hits, did walk two, but did strike out two. Uh, Gutierrez's fastball velocity was actually right at his 2022 average. Vlad only threw 15 of his 31 pitches for strikes, but only allowed one hard hit ball. And the last player on a rehab assignment as it was a Rehab day for the Bats pitchers, TJ Antone. He threw a scoreless inning, allowed one hit, no walks, no strikeouts. Antone has now thrown two scoreless innings for Louisville. His velocity, though, is still a little bit down. Not on a rehab assignment, but a a reliever we're familiar with, Tony Santion. He pitched a scoreless inning. Uh, Santion has now thrown three straight scoreless innings for the Bats after really struggling in the majors and with the Bats so far this season. Jose Barrero hit a home run for a second straight night, was two for four, and uh, both of his hits on Saturday were over 100 miles per hour. The home run went 421 feet. Barrero, nine home runs down at AAA. Noelvi Marte, he was 0 for three with a walk, but he did have two hard hit outs. All right, AA Chattanooga, they split a double header with Tennessee. That's the Cubs affiliate. Uh, they Lookouts won game one, 12-2, but they lost game two, 7-4. Lookouts, who've already clinched the first half title, uh, are 53-47 and 47 on the season. And it was a huge day for Reese Hines. Uh, he was 5-for-9 between the two games, hit two home runs, now has 18 home runs on the season, also had two doubles. And Reese Hines, he had a really slow start to the season, but he's got his OPS up now to 894 on the season. Unfortunately, in this game, Blake Dunn left early in game one after he was hit in the head. Uh, hopefully, he is okay. I uh, haven't seen any other reports on him. Uh, Blake Dunn having an incredible season. Uh, tough to see that on Saturday. Uh, Von Johnson also had a good day. Former Reds top prospect. Uh, he was three for seven, also stole two bases. He's got 16 stolen bases on the season. The Dayton Dragons, they lost 4-1 to Beloit in 10 innings. Dragons now 52-49 and on the season. They fall into one game back in the Midwest League East Division second half race. Chase Petty, he pitched really good again for the Dragons. Four innings, three hits, one run, just one walk, and struck out five. Chase Petty has a 1.86 ERA through 13 starts this season. Edwin Arroyo, one for four with a double and also stole his 24th stolen bases. So I think I think uh, Edwin Arroyo's kind of had some sneaky speed and stolen base power this season. Austin Hendrick was 0 for 4. Kate Hunter was 0 for 3. And last but certainly not least, the Daytona Tortugas. They won 6-0 over St. Lucie. Cam Collier had a really nice day with a pair of doubles. 
Sal Stewart walked twice. Victor Acosta was one for four. And Hector Rodriguez 0 for three, but did walk and stole his 15th base of the season. All right, well, Reds back in action on Sunday. This game will be at 1.40 p.m. Obviously, Reds really need a win, and the Reds will be going up against right-hand pitcher Jake Irvin. Irvin 3-5 with a 4.86 ERA this season. Reds face Irvin back on July 3rd, and Irvin did pitch pretty well. Six innings, just allowed three runs. Uh, Joey Votto, however, did have a two-run home run off Irvin. Irvin's been pretty consistent overall for the Nats, despite the the almost ERA at five. He's not allowed more than four earned runs in any of his starts since May 14th. So teams have not been able to uh, put a big offensive performances against him. Um, and Irvin is coming off a really good start against the Brewers, where he only allowed two runs over five and a third innings. Irvin early in the year really struggled with walks, but has really improved of late. Last eight starts walking less than two and a half batters per nine. And for the Reds, really exciting. It'll be the major league debut of Lyon Richardson. Lyon Richardson at three levels this season has a 1.86 ERA in 58 innings pitch, striking out over 12 and a half batters per nine innings. If you don't know about Lyon Richardson, I got a lot for you, so buckle in. Lyon Richardson, a former second round pick, of the Reds back in 2018. He was a top 10 Reds prospect at one point. Fortunately for Richardson, he lost a big year of development in 2020 due to there being no minor league season. Richardson wasn't brought to the Reds alternate site until there was only two weeks left in the season. So almost a completely missed year for him. And then he needed Tommy John surgery in 2021 after making 18 starts that year for high A Dayton. So Richardson did not pitch from August 25th, 2021 to April 7th, 2023. Richardson was a somewhat surprising 40-man ad to protect from the Rule 5 draft back in November of 2022. Nick Kroll said back then about Richardson, he's got a chance to be a legitimate big league pitcher, and there was no reason to leave him unprotected, and boy, does that look like a good decision now. Richardson started 2023 at low A Daytona. Main reason for that was the Reds wanted him to start the season in warmer weather to help him with his uh, recovery and to recover smooth from Tommy John surgery. Richardson, he's dominated every level. At Daytona, made three starts, only allowed one run. Chattanooga made 15 starts, ERA of 2.15. And then at Louisville, he only made one start, but he uh, pitched three scoreless innings, no walks, five strikeouts. Most of Richardson's start this season have been about three innings, as the Reds have had him on a very strict pitch limit. The most pitches he's thrown in a game this season was 76 for Chattanooga back on June 17th when he threw a season-high four innings. He's actually had a total of four starts this year where he's gone four innings. In his last start, he only threw 46 pitches. That was his only start for Louisville. So on Sunday, I would say probably 60 pitches is maybe the the max, uh, unless really pitching well. Maybe the Reds will extend him a little bit more, but I think probably uh, 50, 60 is probably about the, the max range for Richardson. Some other notes on Richardson. His fastball maxed out at 98.4 in his last start for Louisville. 
So, so some really nasty stuff. He's got a pitch mix of uh, four-seam fastball, which he throws 57% of the time, change-up about 24% of the time, and then a curveball and slider that he throws a little bit less. Richardson also known as a really good athlete, so look out for that when he is on the mound. And I am excited to see Lion Richardson on Sunday. Hopefully he can help the Reds in this skit. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us today for Chatterbox Reds. If I could just ask one favor of you, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Really appreciate everyone that's helped us so much growing this show this year, but we would love to have some more ratings. That stuff really helps us in the podcast world. So if you have a second, just leave us a quick five-star review, and we would be ever grateful. Well, Clay Snowden will be joining me on Chatterbox Reds Live Post game on YouTube around 4 p.m. on Sunday. So make sure you're subscribed to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Hit the bell in the top right corner. Turn on notifications so you don't miss whenever we go live. And if you do miss the show, well, the podcast version will be available bright and early on Monday morning, just like after every single Reds game. This is the only podcast that has new episodes after every single Reds game. Well, have a fantastic Sunday. We'll talk again soon. Go Reds.